Hey there, I'm Joshua Sheehan. Welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. The RV Entrepreneur is a community for RVers that are exploring ways to financially support themselves while living their RV life. And today we have the pleasure of talking with Todd and Sheila Knitzer. Todd and Sheila are full-time RVers who have turned their travels into a successful YouTube channel and have excelled at taking that online community into the real world with in-person meetups and huddles. The realization of how short life really is hit them square in the face in 2019. After losing two parents within four months of each other, Todd and Sheila decided to sell all their possessions, leave behind their careers, family, and friends to go see the United States in their RV. In January 2021, they took off, having never RV'd before, and they left with the thought that the worst that could happen is that they would be in a tight space and have to return home to get new jobs. What started out as a journey for them has become something so much bigger. They call that something bigger, the Switch Crew. And I'm excited to bring Todd and Sheila on to talk about them bringing their online community into the real world. But before we do that, let's take care of our sponsors. The RV Entrepreneur Podcast is brought to you in part by RV Life Pro. Perfect for every RVer, you can plan your camping trips with RV Life Trip Wizard, then use the RV Safe Navigation with the RV Life GPS and Campgrounds app. Both are included in RV Life Pro. Eliminate RV anxiety by knowing exactly where you'll camp, get fuel, and even grab lunch before you hit the road. RV Life has every campground, RV park, state park, and national park to fit your style. Plan your entire RV adventure, including fuel stops, rest areas, shopping, and entertainment. Go to RVLife.com and start your free 7-day trial, or download the RV Life app from the App Store. Travel dreams made simple with RV Life. Now, as I'm recording this, I'm actually sitting right across the gravel parking lot from Todd and Sheila. They're going to be speaking at the RV Entrepreneur Roundtable, and we're super excited for it. It's going to be four days of awesome connections, networking, business talk, content creation talk, and it's just going to be a fantastic event. Super happy to have Todd and Sheila join us there, as well as on the podcast today. So with that, let's jump into the interview. Todd, Sheila, welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm excited to talk with you guys today. Give me a brief overview. Who is Todd and Sheila, and what are you guys doing? About 19 months ago, we both lost a parent, and we got tired of just sitting there, people always saying that they're going to travel and see the United States. So long story short, we sold everything, bought a fifth wheel, a big truck that we've never done before, and set out to tour the United States and start a YouTube channel. Talk to me about what you guys did before starting a YouTube channel and hitting the road in an RV. So prior to our RV life, I worked in an office at our church. And so I was basically busy about six days a week. And we have four wonderful children, grown adults. And so we got to see them a lot. Mainly I was working and Todd ran a construction company. Yeah. I just basically ran a house painting company for 20 plus years, got out of that, went into residential construction and did commercial stuff for the last eight years. That was my background. So construction and working in a church setting, I mean, losing parents is definitely a life altering event. Why choose an RV? The story goes back a little further than that. In 2016, my dad had purchased a, it was a a Montana. Mm -hmm. Keystone Montana. He was so excited. He was thinking about retiring. So he purchased this brand new Montana out in Denver, Colorado, and his goal was to retire. And then he was going to set out and go see the United States. He just always had wanted to travel. Long story short, he kept working because there's always the, there was always this thought of what am I going to do when I retire? Like, I think he, there was this fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A fear of I'm not going to be busy. I'm not going to have anything to do. There's a story we tell ourselves. He would say things like, if I retire when I'm 
69, then I get more. 72. Um, then he went to 72. Well, I get like was, 200 more yeah, dollars a month. Yeah, 69 and a half. There's always this game that we're playing with our social security or our retirement benefits. And so this beautiful brand new Montana sat in an enclosed shop mm-hmm. with all the stickers on it, still plastic on the chairs. It, I think he took it out two times like a shakeout trip and it just sat there. So when, when dad passed away, um, I'm an only child. And so that was something that he left behind and we took it. COVID basically hit. We decided that we would, we'd never been in an RV before. We had never mm-hmm. really camped before. Right. The only time I had camped was I was a Girl Scout leader and that's a whole different type of camping. But we took that RV down to the lake during COVID and sat at the lake and just kind of really enjoyed being away and in the RV. And that's when the idea kind of hatched to, there's kind of something about living out my dad's dream for him because he passed away before he actually went out and set out to see the United States. So in a way I look at it as that I'm continuing my dad's legacy. I'm continuing his dreams for him that he wasn't able to uh, set out and do. Very cool. Yeah. That's super powerful. So I get that as a why. Talk me through the decision of we want to do this. We've got this big, you know, like fulfilling dad's dreams of, of going out and exploring the country. It's something we also want to do. And how did you decide in what way you were going to finance that? Because as much as we have dreams to do something and we want to, to go accomplish this goal, we still have to pay the bills, put food on the table, make sure you have a place to stay. How did you decide going from what you were doing to what you are doing in a way of making money. So we are like, I'm 52, Sheila's 51 and we're not retired. So I've been an entrepreneur. So it's not like I've had this huge nest egg sitting there, you know, that I can milk off of, you know, to retire early. That wasn't an option for us. And Sheila had a really, really good steady income for us, which, you know, kept us grounded and, so when we when we hatched the plan, Sheila was on a conference call and I was just staring at her as she was doing the Zoom. And I was just like, what if, what if we did this? So then it comes into play, how do you do it? We could have used the Montana because it was paid off, but mm-hmm. we have a motorcycle and we like to do adventure stuff and kayaking and things like that. So we realized right away a toy hauler would probably be our best thing. So we just started looking at the things that he had left us. He didn't leave us like a big, huge pile of money. He left us the RV and a couple cars. Yeah. Dad liked toys. Yeah. So he had a couple Corvettes. So we actually sold those, which that is a very, very difficult thing to, to go, not only be grieving, but then to sell the one car that he spent his whole time, like it was a, it was an amazing Corvette and it was super fast and it was his pride and joy. So to make the decision to sell even that car, it was a lot of tears because, you know, here we are, we're selling a stuff that felt so important to him to go forward on this dream in honor. So it basically, we started out with just with savings, like Mm -hmm. one and, and the whole downsizing process, you know, selling your house, selling your, your possessions that provided us a savings that we could use. And our whole goal was really to go out for one year. 
see as much as we possibly could. Yeah. Go see the country, go see as much as we could in one year. And then we're going to have to go back. And I was thinking I was going to go back to an office job. And then when you're an entrepreneur, you just start another business, right? Yeah. I have the skills to do that. Start another, we'll just start another business. Now the question comes into play is, is that if you're taking that money and you're spending it for that year, we had those conversations are, are we being stupid? Are we just spending this money frivolously when we could have used it to, you know, do something with it. And Pay off the house. Yeah, I mean, you do could, all kinds of stuff. Exactly. But what we've been able to see throughout the year, throughout the United States, I don't think we would change that. Mm-hmm. So we started a YouTube channel. That's how I'd done YouTube videos for our family for 10 plus years. Nobody ever really watched them, maybe 50 views on most of them. So I knew I could create YouTube content. It was basically a way to document our family memories yeah. or family vacations. And so stuff. just like all of us, we dive into do RV YouTubers exist? And so we started looking at all of them, you know, the changing lanes is the finding our some days, the UE and RVs, all of them. And you're like, oh, yeah, I have already produced content. We're just going to be going to do stuff. We'll just do videos on our trying to learn how to RV and going to see the things. The RV is not the target of what we're doing. It's the mode of transportation to build the memories that we're Mm -hmm. getting ready to experience. So we're not the RV channel that says, hey, we need to fix something that broke unless something does happen, of course. Then we're the RV channel. Here's our RV and we're leaving for basically an adventure for the day. And that's what the channel turned into. We didn't really think that there would be thousands of people that would start really watching us. Honestly, it was kind of a surprise a little bit. Talk to me about the timeline. Did you launch full-time knowing that you were going to try and give a go at full-time content creation? Yes. Or is it something... Okay, so before you left, you said, we're going to give this a go, trying to make it a business and try to monetize it. Not, we never once set a business. We, I was going to do YouTube content. And so instead of just doing... YouTube content on like my personal channel under my name, like I've done for the family, we talked back and forth and said, I mean, if you're watching a changing lanes, they have like a name for something. I mean, we didn't really put in a whole lot of thought process. So what would we name our channel? And that's kind of how it started when we were looking through those. The thought wasn't that it was going Mm -hmm. to be a business that we were going to start out. We were just starting out. We're just going to share the journey. And maybe if we got lucky, we'd make enough money to pay for some diesel or some camping spots. That was the whole thought process. So at what point of creating those videos for yourself and for your friends and for your family, did you think, okay, maybe we need to invest a little more into this because it potentially could keep us on the road longer. You know, we've got the savings that we sold off from dad's things and everything that we've reserved as a nest egg to be able to go out and travel for this year. But if we can add to that, we could possibly stay out longer and do more. Where was the point where you had that conversation of, hey, maybe we should look at this and turn this into something that's more than just us sharing with friends and family? We had a turning point. We decided that, so coming from the church world, I'm my passion is community. Todd's passion is sharing the story. And my passion mm-hmm. is how to help people build community. So we decided that, hey, let's, 
an RV park reached out to us about maybe doing a get together. Well, there's that whole beginning fear of why would anybody want to come and hang who would out? Come, and, who would actually come and yeah. camp with us? Who would we want to do that? But sure. we thought we'll give it we'll give it a try because community is my passion. So we set out this event to hold in November of 2021 at Tolona Ridge in the Ellijay, Georgia area, and 200 people showed up. <laughs> Which was amazing. When, yeah. we, when we posted the tickets to buy, we met. If you want to talk about messing things up, we messed up like a lot of different things. And the park wasn't even finished, they couldn't get done. So we were piggybacked on campsites. We were, it was amazing. The fact was, is that was the turning point for me when our journey and you get to meet people face to face. And you see that the, the fact is, is that you're making an impact in their life. You're bringing them joy or you're bringing them something that they'll never experience through their own with their own feet because they're not able to do that hike or mm-hmm. they're finding laughter or they're finding they're seeing parts of the country that now they're going to add to their list. And you're making an impact in other people's lives. Honestly, I was thinking that we would be going home in about January or February. That would be our one year mark. But when I met those people that we call the switch crew face to face and saw that they were being able to build relationships with each other and we were making an impact in their life, there was a switch that happened in me to realize, okay, there's purpose here because the RV community needs community. We need people. It's kind of lonely out here on the road. That's the dirtiest secret. The dirty secret is, is that everyone wants to go RV full time, but they don't realize once they get out how isolated they are. We think that we're going to be walking around these parks and talking to your neighbor and stuff, and it doesn't happen. I I mean, it's... It's rare. It's rare. You have to put effort and intentionality Mm -hmm. to meet your neighbors. And so that expectation goes away real quick. And then you realize I've left my family and my friends and my kids and my grandkids. And then, yeah, I'm seeing these beautiful things. But what's what's the purpose of it all? What's the what's the goal? And so when at our huddles, that's what we call them. Instead of a rally, we call it a huddle because we're huddling up and we're rubbing elbows. And I, I think once you you feel that it is a complete different. We don't know what a rally is. We've never been to a rally. We've only done what we've done. And so when we leave, it's like having new friends that you can go and meet down the road a month or two later and have purpose in a group and talk and say, Hey, where are you going to be? And it's just been completely, that's been the big game changing point for us is the community aspect of what we're doing. Right. And so now the YouTube channel to, to me is it's, um, I do look at it as a business now because it's about a business that is impacting and showing things to other people that they wouldn't be able to do or adding to their list. So there's been a shift in that regard to look at it and say, oh, we could do this to stay out and continue to do this because we're making an impact. There's a purpose behind it now. Yeah. And then revenue, you know, you ask, how do you make money? Our channel has grown big enough that we have some income coming off of that. And then you people buy some, you know, merchandise, which is silly to me still to this day to walk up to somebody and see somebody wearing a switch crew shirt out of nowhere. Like you're just in a mall and somebody spots you wearing your shirt like that's crazy. And then they have a story of how a video impacted them. 
I, I don't know. Never thought that that would, we're small. We're only 20,000 subscribers, right. but to actually see the impact that's happened is kind of an amazing thing. You say you're small. However, I know that you guys have so much potential and your growth has been exponential. I think you're focusing on the right things. You're, the community is the important part. The the YouTube is just a funnel to bring people together. And I think you guys do a really good job of doing that. You show your adventures, but the community and the people are the focus. And it sounds like November of 21 is kind of where that flipping point was after that first huddle of, hey, we can impact people more than just sharing our experience and switch it up is one way that we can facilitate and use that as a vehicle to do so. I know a little bit more about your story because we're friends and we've talked. And I know that you guys started off doing quite a few videos those first 10, 11 months before oh, this yeah. flipping point of becoming a business. <laughs> is that first tell off, was it three videos a week? Yes. So, okay. okay. Yeah. Todd, is that just your personality or did you have <laughs> inklings of maybe this could be more and let's, let's prime the pump? Or is it just Todd is all about the share and let's do three YouTube videos a month, which by the way, for okay. anyone who does not do YouTube videos is an insane tempo. Okay. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to curtail this cause I get really geeky and I don't want to geek out on your podcast. So here's what I know about YouTube. When I looked at changing lanes, I love Chad and Tara. I didn't know if I'd ever meet them. But when I looked at how many, how long they had been out, which was close to four or five years, and I saw that they did 240 some videos, I realized they did one video a week. Well, YouTube is a search algorithm. And if it's a search algorithm, it's going to be looking for stuff. So how do you get found is how you got to be in a bunch of different locations for people actually to discover you. And so they're going to be searching on YouTube for different aspects. So it was an intentional, all-out blitz because, one, we did not know how long we were going to be out. We were hoping to be out for a year. And we moved every three days. We covered 36 states, 22,000 miles towing. And it was show up somewhere, find out what's there, go and do something that day, stay one full day doing something, editing that night, moving the next day. And in my mind, I thought we can endure this because if it did grow, if we did. So when we hit a thousand subscribers within five days, Sheila was like, is that good? And I was like, yeah, we might make <laughs> we might make eight dollars this month, you know, or ten dollars, you know. And at the time, diesel was under it was like two seventy. So my mind is, is if we could get enough to just pay for a tank of diesel, this would help. And then we get to the Tampa show within 10 days, we're at 2000 subscribers, which in the YouTube world, that is really rapid, you know, and it doesn't happen for everyone, but we were just super blessed, right timing. And then it was just all out until November. So it went from January, we left to November, which was Thanksgiving, three videos a week and moving and moving. And then we decided to go home to see family. And after that break in that holiday, Sheila was like, what if we just go to two videos a week and slow cut back, our slow our pace down and add a day in or something. And then at this point, we, we realized by November after the huddle, wait a minute, we made a little revenue here. It's not enough to offset our bills and we can keep going. 
and since then it's blind faith. God gives you just enough to see, and he has given us just enough to see that we have just enough money here come in that we can go another month and then another another huddle that we're going to. And we are not like out of the woods. And we tell our switch crew people that all the time is like, hey, listen, all, all we've done is do loaves and fishes. Basically, we gave a couple fish. Somehow we've made it stretch this far and we'll see what will happen for the rest of this year into next year. So we plan for the future and hope for the best and walk on blind faith. But we still do two videos a week. The first huddle was kind of presented to you. We said, sure, we'll give it a try. And it was successful. Talk to me about how you went about planning this past year's worth of events, where you chose to have them, how many you chose to have, and maybe some things that you learned or had failures at in having in-person events, bringing that digital community in person. Well, the beautiful thing is that's just my skill set, right? That's just something that that was what I did in my work environment, did a lot of event planning, building community. That was the whole goal. Once that November huddle happened, it just kind of started like a, a, gosh, this could be a way to help people meet other people and just kind of started mapping out and looking for locations in which we could meet up, finding RV parks that would be willing to work with us in that and just started hitting the phone really between research and making the phone calls and figuring out where we could go, where are our people looking at the analytics of kind of where our uh, switch crew are located and parks that are nearby with things to do in the area. Right now, we will have done five by the end of this year. We've got two more to do this year and we have six planned for 2023. And a huddle is not just, a, it's not a rally. A huddle is you come, we cater pretty much most of the meals. So we're all eating together. That's number one. And that's probably a majority of our expense. Number two, we go do things together, meaning like we'll do a give back project. One time we filled food backpacks to give to kids for after school program. Another time we did the food bank in New Braunfels, mm -hmm. which was, was amazing. amazing. We're going to work with Habitat for Humanity coming up with another one. Like we, when we arrive when the switch crew arrives to a community, we want to make an impact in that community. We're there meeting friends, making new friends, um, making new connections, but we want to impact the community around us and leave it better than we found it. Mm -hmm. So that's just a goal of ours. And then the second thing is, is after you work together, you want to have fun together. So we yep. usually plan some sort of an activity like we did whitewater rafting. We've been on a Oh, we did we did river rafting in in Texas. Yeah, on the we're doing float a train trip. Ride we're and, doing we're yeah. taking leaf peeping train ride all the way up to the top of a mountain and having dinner with two hundred people. We're going horseback riding. Like we just go and have fun. Together. We just rented a yacht, a yacht down in Tampa. Oh, yeah, for Florida. Uh, for Florida, yeah, for the uh, February huddle for a hundred people to go out and so if we dinner cruise. It's just like ex having peak life experiences, making new friends and making an impact in the community where we're at. And we're just having a ball doing it and meeting some amazing people along the way. And it takes our YouTube channel and it brings it to life because there's something about when you meet the person that's been watching you mm -hmm. and leaving comments and you meet them face to face, it, 
it just kind of lowers the screen, if you will. Like it takes the idea of the computer screen or the TV screen. It just lowers it down and you start to realize the people on the other side, they have stories, they have Mm -hmm. struggles, they have dreams and, and to be able to share life together. That's what just gives me life. I think my favorite thing at the huddle is, is that people come and they just want to see if we're real. Like that's like the one question. It is. I'm right? like, what? is I Todd really like that, that or is Sheila? And that by like Sunday, they're like, okay, yeah. It's not the Todd and Sheila switch it up thing. It's all everyone hanging out together. And that is the. It's a very magical transformation. Everybody that we've talked to that's gone to our huddles, at the end, they're like, this was way different than we thought it was going to be. And that's a huge expectation. And it feels like a lot of pressure on us at times. But then again, it's not really any pressure because it's just just being being real. It's not if we mess up or, you know, something we have to apologize. It's just we're living life together. So Mm -hmm. it's an interesting dynamic. YouTube now has made this shift. So the way we're doing it is not the easy route. It is probably... It's easier to make a video, have people watch it and hope to get brand deals than it is to make videos and then try to build community. It is definitely, Mm -hmm. if we just made videos and just hope for brand deals, life would be a lot different. We'd have a lot more free time. But then again, we would be like, I want to hang with somebody. I want to. I think that that's that's not us. That's not our passion. Yeah. And so we're just being, we're just being who we are. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So from an entrepreneurial standpoint of putting on in-person events, what are some of the things that you've learned over the past year of things that either went wrong and you had to fix or things you're like, maybe we should do this differently the next time. And then you're able to fix it on the next one. You know, maybe a little bit more nitty gritty logistical of what could I learn from you if I were interested in putting on my own in-person event? Putting on live in-person events. There are just a lot of, hurdles, I think the biggest thing is to figure out what your ultimate goal Mm -hmm. is. Just because this is how Todd and Sheila do it with Switch It Up, that doesn't mean that that needs to be your... Like Matt's RV reviews doing their rallies. He's got his formula he wants to do. Absolutely. I think that the key is, is to not try to fit into a mold of whatever you've experienced at another rally. You have to be authentically you. Whatever your Mm -hmm. passion is, whatever it is that you enjoy, whatever your focus is, that's what you base your event around. Don't try to be somebody else. I think that that is probably the most important key point. And in saying that, some of the things that we've learned along the way, oh my goodness, like the huddle that we just had in Washington, that you can do all the research (laughs) of what the average temperature is going to be. And we missed the mark on that one. Even when you when you when you look and say, oh yeah, July's average temperature is this. Well, the it, better thing to do would be to call and ask the locals. Yeah, because it was a hundred degrees. It was we miserable. had to make adjustments at that. And it, our huddles generally have an event venue, so we don't just sit outside. So we had air conditioning, and but we, but had we to did make, make a, adjustments. Yeah, we had to make some adjustments on our schedule just because it's a hundred degrees, and there's no reason that anybody needs to be hiking at two o'clock in the afternoon in a hundred degree. No. Right. The the hardest part for in-person events is finding the event space. Yes. That matches what your needs are according to what you're planning on doing. That is the hardest part. 
So you have to really figure out what it is that you're going to do and then find an event venue and you have to get unbelievably farther out because these RV parks, especially in the RV world, they open their calendars or they might have a rolling calendar yep. and you've got to be in front of people that are planning, you know, their trips out for a year in advance. So you mm-hmm. have to be doing advanced planning because you for just, sure. you just did Mackinac Island, but it, they had a rolling calendar. Right. And you, you had to, it was it what? It had to be a year. Yeah. So I started the conversation with them you know, 18 months in advance in order to get something for next year. Now, what the biggest question is people ask is you're planning these events out so far. What happens if you can't go to them or what happens if we have to go home? We don't know. They, they have the parameters put on it where in their contracts where you have to send deposits and things like that so far out. So we figure we have windows and again, we're walking by blind faith. So We hope and pray that we continue to grow. We hope and pray that the community continues to support us. And if we didn't plan this far out, we wouldn't be able to do the things that we're we're able to do right now. So Sheila has all of next year's calendar planned and starting 2024 for some ideas. There's one other thing, because I think like us, we were growing our channel. We didn't think anyone would want to come and see us. When everyone strives community, I watch other YouTubers that are friends of ours say, I don't know if we want to do a meetup, just a a simple meetup, you know, at some, a winery or something. And they go, well, what if nobody comes? I'm like, what if two people come? What if those two people come and you, Mm -hmm. something happens for your community? What I watch is the fear of nobody coming. One, you have to take all the factors in. You don't know where everyone is in the United States. So just because right. you're in a location and you have a big following in Texas and you're in North Carolina, yeah, maybe if you're lucky, one person comes because you're in North Carolina. But if you were in Texas, you know, 50 people might show up. I think we limit ourselves and we tell ourselves the story of, yeah, we can't do that. Or, you know, we have people who watch, but maybe they won't show up. You don't know until you try. And if they no one shows up, guess what? No harm, no foul. Nobody knows no one showed up. <laughs> because, you know, they weren't there. So you can always say, hey, we had this meetup and we had, you know, drinks and appetizers and had a great time. And so what if it was just your family? It's just mm-hmm. a matter of just trying. I think we think we have to have 50,000 subscribers before we can do an event. When it actually, when we started, we only, we just hit 8,000 when we announced the event. And by the time the event came around, and it was sold out, we were close to 14,000 subscribers. It grew in that exponential few months before it happened. So Mm -hmm. I guess my point is, is that you just try no matter if you have 500 subscribers, a thousand, maybe you just try to build a small community. If that's your desire, if it's not your desire and you just want to make content, that's a different focus, but that's the starting point. Now, when you go bigger, that's when Sheila's mind kicks in because it opens all these loopholes of, you would be very surprised the amount of time they spend trying to plan the activities and what we're doing and negotiating with vendors and things like that. It's it's kind of mind-numbing. So booking things 12 to 18 months out, is that exciting or does that make you nervous? That depends <laughs> have, on who you ask. Yeah, that is. <laughs> it's exciting to me and it makes Todd nervous. It scares the dickens out of me. 
I think it you, comes with the pressure of then we have to be we have to be still doing this if, yeah. in order you know when you're signing a contract mm-hmm. that says hey I'm gonna I'm committing to this number of spots there's a financial risk there yeah our huddles are 100 to 150 spots at a huddle on average and you have that over two to three nights there's a huge financial responsibility that lumps in with that and a lot of fear pops up because what if what if the content is no longer relevant what if nobody what if we do a video and it makes everyone mad and they leave we are human it's not like we're like you have self-doubts in some of the things you put out but i i don't know and sheila's like no this is just part of the plan todd it'll be fine it'll be fine people will show up and i think just reading your contract and making sure that, okay, what is the cancellation policy? And most places are very easy to work with in that regard. And if they're not, then that's not a place that you want to go to anyway. That has probably been the hardest thing, though, is looking for spots that have event venues Mm -hmm. at them. That's just not been the typical RV resort or RV park model. And so they're mm-hmm. very few and far between. Yes. Todd, I want to kind of shine a, a mirror in your direction. I think it's interesting that you gave the bit of advice to someone who's starting out wanting to create and do an in-person yep. event saying, hey, if no one shows up, no harm, no foul. You can learn from it. You can move on. And then right. also that is your biggest fear of with these <laughs> events in the future that maybe it's not going to work out. And yep. I, I think it's. It's obviously you therefore can speak from experience of, hey, I struggle with this and this is how we overcome it. And I think that's a good message to hear. But it also brings to mind to me that, hey, just because you do it once and you got through it doesn't mean that that fear is going to just instantly pop away. It's something that you're going to have to constantly work through and find ways to mitigate in your own brain. And then also logistically of backup plans and how to make sure that you're delivering on what you're promising while also planning far enough in the future. I struggle with a lot of, I mean, if anyone's watched our content, it's all been out there. (laughs) We put it out there. So the whole self-doubt thing, everyone sees me as this huge extroverted person and I'm actually an introvert. So I could edit for three days and not talk to a person and probably be just fine. Mm -hmm. And when we get to a location, Sheila's like, come on, let's go, let's go experience this hike or whatever. And I, I complain. I mean, people laugh at me because I complain like another hike or how long is it or whatever, because I think it comes down to as an introvert type person, you have to push yourself out of the comfort zone to be able to not have regret. It's an interesting dynamic on how I push through, but I I don't have any regrets. I just might complain when I'm doing it. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys have got a calendar that goes out 18, sounds like maybe 24 months. Looking forward for Switch It Up, What does success look like for you guys and the community? It is community. That's the success aspect. That's where Todd and I feed well off of each other because, you know, for him, telling the story and bringing people along on the YouTube channel that maybe will never make it to a huddle, that's Mm. a success for him, right? Still for people to feel like they are part of our journey, even if they are homebound and they're not going to get out. Mm Mm-hmm. That's huge for him. And then for me to create a community where I'm irrelevant, Mm -hmm. like where the people meet each other and if Switch It Up continues or if, you know, our journey comes to an end because of other circumstances and we can't do this anymore, 
if people meet each other and they've made friendships that they go camping and they've made connections and they're not as alone on the road, that's success for me. That regardless of whether Switch It Up exists or not, we made an impact in this world and people found community and that's success to me. It's interesting because we have a group that we we talk to and they're now doing their own that we don't call them huddles. They're going out and doing their own camping excursions as there's a, a person in that area they met at a huddle and then other people mm-hmm. live around there. So now they're camping, switch crew is camping with each other and there might be five rigs or yeah, whatever. And it's, it's that's, that's what it's supposed to be like building that community because people don't normally travel multiple states. They usually stay where they're at. So building those relationships with common interests is kind of a neat thing. And then they send us pictures on our switch crew page so we can watch. And that has been the the magic of it all right there. I think. Yeah. That, that it's not about us. Right. It's about our crew. That's the most important mm-hmm. part. Yeah. That's super powerful. I'm sure that is uh that is definitely something to draw on on the days when it gets tough, when you don't want to pull out the camera and hit record, or if you don't want to go on a hike, or if you don't want to deal with another vendor for an event that, having knowing that those things are happening because of just the connections that you're bringing together you're just bringing people to a spot and it allows them to connect and create community in and of themselves good for you guys that's really cool it allows you to sleep well at night and it allows you to facilitate lots of awesome relationships at the end of the day that's just how we were created to be in community with others. And if we can just do a small part in that along the way on this journey that we're on, then at the end of the day, that's success for us. Absolutely. Very cool. I think I could talk to you guys for quite a few hours about lots of different things. I think this is a good primer into just the entrepreneurship of taking something that was a mission to honor your dad's memory, Sheila, and get out and see things, but then also figuring out a way to share those experiences. And then also being a good entrepreneur and pivoting when the opportunity presents itself Be like, hey, maybe we can do both. Maybe we can share this experience. We can you know, help people who are homebound to see things that they wouldn't normally see, but then we can also meet different needs in the community and have people get together in person. And then also when we're providing for others, it comes back tenfold and you're able to, to finance staying on the road and traveling and facilitating all of these in-person meetups. I think that's a really cool lens to view it through. And I appreciate you guys taking the time to jump on the podcast and give us just a brief insight into it. If anyone listening is interested in checking out more of your channel or attending a huddle, can you guys give me the insight of where they should go to check you guys out online? Our YouTube channel is just switch it up. You can look it up. It's pretty easy to find. There's a big green S that pops up. And then as far as like finding our events and all the things that were places we've been, uh, we are, our website is goswitchitup.com. And then on there is Sheila does a newsletter once a month. So we don't bombard people, but we keep everyone in the know of any changes or things that are happening. So if they are so inclined to keep up to find out where a huddle might be because they didn't see it or they forgot about it or life got away, they can sign up for the newsletter and then once a month that reminder will be like, Hey, we're going to be, you know, in Georgia or Florida or wherever our huddles are going to be. So they have some time to uh, know about it. Awesome. I'll make sure to put all those links in the show notes. Todd and Sheila, thank you 
for taking the time out of your day to be on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for having us. We really enjoyed our our time just chatting with you. Yeah, I really enjoy uh, your thought processes on a lot of things, Joshua. So I've enjoyed getting to meet you through the course of the year. And it's neat to see that relationships like yours have fostered through us being on the road. So that's part of the blessings to be able to rub shoulders with people to kick around ideas. So that's what RV entrepreneurship's like is, is that having the opportunity to meet other like-minded people to foster ideas to see about growing in other areas. It's kind of neat. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Awesome. Enjoy your travels. Thanks. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Todd and Sheila. They are super cool people. And if you haven't checked out Switch It Up yet, definitely head over to one of your favorite social media platforms and check them out. YouTube being their biggest focus. I think it's really cool how they have taken kind of the, the model and they've switched it a little bit. They've used the internet as a funnel for in-person community and connection. Coming out of the pandemic, a lot of people are, are just aching for in-person community and meetups. And Todd and Sheila are providing that for their community. It's really cool to hear all the background talk of how they're planning their events, what goes into them. I know it's a ton of work having just, you know, starting the RV Entrepreneur Roundtable and doing just one event. The fact that they're doing multiple events throughout the year is just, it's awesome. And it shows that they're creating an impact and that impact is meaningful. So again, if you would like to check them out, all their social media links will be in the show description. If you want to continue the conversation, head over to the Facebook group, the RVEntrepreneur.com slash Facebook group will take you there. Until next time. See you down the road.